Hey, Mark. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. You do do an excellent Santa, I have to say. I'm really disappointed that no one's asked me to be Santa at any point. I think it will come. And I think also if we sort of mention it in conversation, then, you know, because maybe it's a funny I'll thing to I'll put it on a be, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a strange thing to be to be asked to be Santa. Because you're quite young. You're a young Santa, maybe. I'm really not. That. No, but you know, like, gen- generally speaking, Santa's not normally 42, is he? So, How old was Tim Allen when he was in the Santa Claus? Oh, I don't know. Let's look at. I mean, that. there's only one Santa in in my world, and uh, that's the Santa from Santa Claus the movie. Yeah, but that's not the only Santa. Yeah, so. but in my in my head canon. So Santa Claus was 1994. I bet he was uh-huh. younger than I am now, which is devastating. It is devastating. It's like the time that we found out that Russ Abbott was the same age as us. Uh, yeah. Well, but in the 80s, he was 41. Yeah. <laughs> was he? Yes. So yeah, oh I'm not God. too young. You're not too young. Oh well, I'm looking forward to all of those invitations coming in. Yes. For next year, perhaps. <laughs> I think they're a bit late for now. <laughs> yeah, a bit late I've for not now. got a suit or anything. You do have a very good Santa voice, though. I find it really quite impressive. I don't think that's the only qualification either. <laughs> like, well, you get, you can you've got a beard. We could put some like whitening powder on it. We can get you like a wig and a big hat. And we could put lots of padding on and then a big suit. There you go, you're Santa. Do you know what annoys me on adverts this year? Mm. It's the prevalence of sexy Santas. Oh, is there? Oh, I've not yeah. noticed that. There's there's one for an Audi self-driving car with, like, definite sexy Santa. Is he, like, is he young Santa like you? Well, he's, I'd say he's early 50s. Okay. But he's very, like... Is he very slim? And He's slim. Has he been he's wearing a suit. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> Nicely thinged hair. The guy who's showing him it is um, the baddie from um, you. Only you will understand this. Okay. The baddie from FIFA Seventeen, <gasps> Alex Hunter. Yes, game, Alex Hunter. Yeah. Who's also in Unforgotten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but yeah, yeah, sexy Santa. Okay. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. this. Is getting better and better. We've had a. New, we've got a new look. We have got a new look. We've got a brand new style. We've got a fantastic new logo. We're just so over the moon with it. We, well, I say we, you had an idea. Yes. And then I got in touch with Kylie. Um, and you can see Kylie's work, Kylie's graphic designer. You can see Kylie's work at curly underscore A double N H. Have I got that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, on Twitter. So you can see her work, work there. I do recommend that you go and have a look at her work, because it's amazing. Um, so, we, yeah, we had this, we, uh, Mark had an idea. And I got in touch with Kylie and said, would this be a possibility? And not only was it a possibility, it was beyond the realms of what we thought could be possible. When we first saw the mock-ups, we were just totally blown away. And for anyone looking at our logo, I've actually got more of a belly than Kylie gave me on the logo. <laughs> so don't let that put you off for any Santa invitations or anything like that. <laughs> well, I love about actually, um, we obviously told everyone, we were like, we did a little countdown, didn't we? We were like, we're getting a new logo, we're getting a new logo. We were so excited about it, because the branding, we created ourselves. In about two minutes. In about two minutes. Like, when we first started out the podcast, we just got on Canva, 
and so oh let's do something in the side in the side of a house because we're in the house because it's in lockdown and then i just found a font and wrote the honeymoon period and that was our branding wasn't it my favorite bit of that was you working on it for two hours yes and then me just coming tilting the, <laughs> tilting house, the house slightly and then walking off <laughs> a bit like justin timberlake in the social network oh it was amazing but it is it was very gray and it was very sort of indicative of how well what was going on in the world at the time because yes. we, were, we were locked down and we really, really needed something that represented us better. So, like I say, I put it on all the socials, put it on Instagram and Twitter, and actually the Cinemile replied back to us and, and gave us lovely positive feedback about it. And then I went back and said, it's a much better representation of, of us than in real life, which I, and, and they came back and said that that was the best thing about these these podcast logos. So I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that I look like that in the logo. I'm not sure many podcasts talk about their own artwork as much <laughs> no, as we have. But it's really exciting, actually. I think yes. it's, um, it's a really exciting thing for us because it represents sort of a, a new, well, we're going into the new year, aren't we? So it's a new style for us. It's a new look. It, it really made me actually feel really proud of the podcast. When I saw it pop up on um, Pocket Cast, which I use, because when up against all the other podcast logos, I really felt like it looked so professional and yes. like just, and very much us as well. The, there's a wedding cake element to it, which is so, so clever that Kylie thought of. And I just love that about it. It really reminds me of our wedding because we had a beautiful wedding cake that was created by um, my best friend, Alison, which also had a cinema element to it. So, yeah, it just all sort of reminds me of really lovely things. You're looking at me as if to say, please stop talking about our logo. I'm looking at you as if to say, honey, I've, I watched Avatar yesterday and we've not been able to talk about it. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm understanding that we've got some TV to talk about in between. Okay. So, um... Anyway, thank you, Kylie. Thank you, Kylie. For, for our logo. Yes. Um, as you can probably tell from the fact that we've spent a long time talking about it, we're absolutely delighted. And um, it's just, yeah, it's lovely. I've just... I'm so happy. And, Sorry, I'm just going to stop now. And mark at thehoneymoonperiod.com for any Santa invites. <laughs> yeah. We've got two things to talk about on TV. Um, one I've watched, one we've watched together. Which one do you want to do for? Do you want to get my bit out of the way? Or do you want to talk about the one that we've seen together? I mean, I think you could probably talk about Strike for well, about that, yeah. an hour in itself, couldn't you? Probably the same amount as I've talked about our new logo. So yeah, I'm quite happy to do that. Do you want me to go for it? You go first, yeah. Okay, so Strike is back on BBC. If you don't know anything about Strike, it Strike is a, a detective drama. It's based on the books by Robert Galbraith, which is J.K. Rowling's pseudonym, Spoilers. and that's her. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. It is. I think. I think now on the books, it's like it's almost like it's like maybe her picture on the back, even of Robert Galbraith. <laughs> um, I'd like it if it was her wearing a fake moustache yes. and uh, like a little yeah. hat. Yeah. Well, oh, for a while people didn't know, but obviously then it all yes. all came out. So, um, J.K. Rowling, writing as Robert Galbraith, I think there are many, many books now. I think there might be five or six books in the, in the series now. I haven't read the books, as you can probably tell by the fact that I'm um, rumbling on at this point. But it was a, a BBC drama that I became aware of because it uh, it, it stars, uh, one of its main stars, is the wonderful Tom Burke, who um, I feel like now that I'm a woman in her 40s that I shouldn't have celebrity crushes. But if I was to have a celebrity crush, it would be Mr. Tom Burke. I've got more I of think... this coming up as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a 
think he's great. Like, I think he's just so charismatic. And he's a little... He's a little troubled. I mean, in this show, he's a little troubled. And he's got... He's like a minor celebrity because his dad was a rock star from years before. And he's got a troubled relationship with him. And he's a war veteran. And I think he's lost lost his leg. And he's... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another. Yeah. Um... So he's this really, really fascinating character, and now he's a private detective. And like Tom Burke just plays this, um, it's very grizzled. He's got a long coat. He's smoking every five minutes. He's a heavy drinker. I've, he <laughs> plays it the same as I've seen Tom Burke in every single yeah, thing. It's brilliant. It, same as in the souvenir. The same as in um, I imagine in the Three Musketeers. It, I just I find and yes and oh I loved him in the Three Musketeers as well. So I just find him really really charismatic as a performer. And then you've got Holiday Granger playing his um, partner Hermione. <laughs> you keep calling her Hermione, but it's, it's Holiday Granger. Like I understand that there's like a Harry Potter connection there, but that's J.K. Rowling did not know that Holiday Granger was gonna play Robin Ellicott. She might. Oh yeah, she did. Anyway, so Robin is his business partner. She, I think, she started off being his assistant in the earlier series, but now she's his business partner, and then they're running this private detective agency. I loved the earlier series. And I really enjoyed the detective aspect of it. But the main thing that I really adored was their relationship because they have this will-they-won't-they relationship going all the way through. In the earlier series, Robin is married to this absolute idiot. Like, he puts her down. He's really toxic around money and how much she earns. And he's, oh, he's horrible. And the whole time you're going, don't marry her. Like, yeah, because she's about to marry him. Don't marry him, don't marry him. And like... Cormoran strikes coming to the wedding you're like you should be marrying him and but he's also really annoying sometimes and yeah it, it's the relationships behind the scenes that are really interesting I only know Tom Burke really from a your your rantings mm. and um <laughs> your lust yeah but also from the souvenir films mm. um certainly the, the first one um if you've not seen them they are brilliant films but tough work so I can't think of him as being anything other than a really toxic person because that is that is the absolute toxic um Well relationship in, in this he's he's not toxic, he's troubled. He um he's he, I think he has a heart of gold. He wants to help people. For example, in this particular series we're looking at a cold case. So someone has disappeared in the nineteen seventies, their mm. daughter who's now grown up has never known what's happened to their mum and she says uh, to Strike, who has now become a, a celebrity because he's been in the news because he's solved other, other crimes, she said to him, um, I know who you are, I've got a little bit of money, will you help me? And he wants to help. He at one point says, oh, you know, you're running out of money, I'll just do this at cost or we'll do things for free. So he has a really good heart, he wants to help people. But sometimes he does drink to excess, Sometimes he forgets Robin's birthday, you know, so he's he's not picture perfect. And that's kind of what I like about him, because he he has a journey to become a more um, settled human being, I would be saying, than someone who is he's had is um, being in the war. He's had the really difficult relationship with his his mother and his biological father. So he's got all of these things going on. But he's also very supportive of Robin, who, again, is a really well-fleshed-out character. She is a, a, a rape survivor. She has PTSD. You see that within the series. You see the ramifications of um, the the assault and also the PTSD in, in, in the mental health 
issue. So I find I find it really, really fascinating from a character perspective. And then you've got your who done it. Mm. And for me, this series was just the the best. I could not stop watching it. And I loved all the elements of it. I was really drawn in by the who done it. I was really drawn in by these this nineteen seventies woman has gone missing. And as per a detective drama, you've got so many people who are coming in and out, these chess pieces of, oh well, what happened to them in the seventies? Were they the bad person? And um, where are they now? Have they changed their name? Will we ever find them again? There's a serial killer element to it as well. And clearly Rowling's taken inspiration from real life serial killers and also the attempts to try and link cases to those serial killers. So it's really, really interesting, lots of real life. And then you've got this love story at the centre. And every time um, Robin and Strike are close to each other, like the one point they're just sitting eating chips, and you can feel that tension, you can feel that chemistry between the two actors. And also, you, you're really wanting them to get together, but at the same time... You kind of don't because you don't want that tension to be resolved. I saw you watching an episode where you were like, at the same time, egg, egg, egging them on <laughs> yes. and also devastated that they were never caught. I know, because you just don't want that to go. What? Because, yeah. I mean, he is an idiot and you just know, he's at one point he said, someone says to him, you know, why haven't you asked her out? And she's, he's like, I'm going to fuck it up. And you just know he will. So you don't want him to fuck it up. You want him to, in, and yeah. There's all this He's gonna going on, yeah, in the sleep background. With the girl from the copy copy place, um, while he thought they were on a break. And, oh, uh... yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot of that, but it's it's a brilliant drama. It's brilliant. Would I like this? It. I, I mean, I don't. I, there's part of me that thinks I think he would enjoy a sort of an old fashioned because it is very much old fashioned BBC. Here's a murder mystery with. Some really interesting modern elements. So it's looking at how feminism has progressed throughout the years. It's looking at the role of women. It had a. I did not guess who had committed the crime, and I really loved that it wasn't something that was so obvious. So you might enjoy. Was it Tom sort Burke's dad? Element to the it. Rock star. But then also there's all the the drama behind it. So this, you know, he's it, he's looking back at his past and. Her family members that he grew up with you've got all of that going she's got her divorce going on that's what I mean by it being so well rounded it's not just oh here's a murder mystery and you know we don't really care about the characters are thrown mm. away there's, there's a thread going all the way through the series of the different people coming in and out as well would you recommend this higher or lower than Unforgotten Ooh. Because it sounds in the same ballpark. Yeah, it, yeah it does. I think they're on a par, to okay. be honest with you. I really, really enjoyed this last series, though. I think some of the other series that I've seen have been great, but I didn't feel quite as passionate about them. And some of them this are just two parts of the other series, mm. aren't they? Some of yeah. them are four, some of them are six. I yeah, think, and this, this was four. Um, and like I say, it just, I love this one. And I'd already done my top ten of the year, and now I've had to rejingle it because I've seen this. Rejingle it. Rejingle it. Say that's for Christmas. For Christmas, for yeah. Christmas, Rejigging yeah, but yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. Can we talk quickly about the flat share? Yes, let's do the flat share quickly. So this is a show that's on Paramount Plus, which isn't my first choice for finding no. something. And but... I don't even know how to get on Paramount Plus. Do you just say it into the television 
Paramount Plus, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> please, Mr. Skybox. You know, when you press the button on the side of the thing. Yeah, I mean, we get it free because we have Sky Cinema. Okay. Um, you didn't know that, did I you? Didn't. No, no, that's no. why I'm asking the question. Uh, but, yeah, so if you have Sky Cinema, I understand you get this free as part of it. So, it, it okay. is, a lot of people will have it, that, but, so. yeah. This is an adaptation of the book by Beth O'Leary, which was out a couple of years ago, I think. Well, yes, because you told me about this before we watched it the other day, and I was a bit sad that I didn't know of this book, because it seems to have been a bestseller. Yes, yes. Um, It stars Jessica Brown Finlay as Tiffany, and Anthony Welsh as Leon. And they are young professionals trying to make their way in London mm. and in an idea to save themselves money. She is a journalist who worked during the day. He is a nurse in uh, who works during the night. So they share an apartment and she has it during the night, he has it during the day and they never meet. Well, until... <laughs> I mean, if I say this is a romantic comedy, yeah. um, then I think, yes... Obviously, at some point, they will They, they will, will meet. Yeah. But, but to begin with, they um, converse through post-it notes. And I can imagine that being a really interesting conceit in the book. So you see it in the TV show that they leave each other these little post-it notes with little messages on about like the coffee machine yes. or um, things that have happened within the flat. And then also starting to share more information about their personal lives as well. Hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is an absolute breath of fresh air and it really, really could have been shite. And I think it's carried by Jessica Brown Finley and Anthony Welsh, who I've never seen in anything that I remember. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've looked at the credits and I think she was in Downton Abbey, is she? I know her from Downton Abbey, yeah. I didn't know her from anything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's many, many years ago. She was very mm-hmm. young. I mean, she was very young now, but she was really young in that. And I've seen a, I've seen a few things with Anthony Welsh in... Um, starred up for one which is a great film but it's not some not someone who is a character who's stuck with me they are such likeable presences on screen that even though their legs are a bit of a mess because they're young and living in London and yeah, yeah like I think that's... She's, she's a journalist in one of the online magazines that are looking for like if it bleeds it leads or something like that is what the, the yeah. editor says when they're trying to find things that it will might as well be called fuzzbead or something yes, like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, everything go everything goes wrong with between them. She just got a bad relationship. He's he's in one. He's in one that yeah, with a girlfriend who is a, a, an interesting character. Yeah. I think was there, sir. But yeah, this is really really nice. Yeah, it is. It's really positive, isn't it? And yeah, you, there there are elements of the truth to it, like cost of living crisis, people trying to live in London. She's in a cafe at one point with one of her friends and she's going down the menu and saying like, you know, £12 for a bit of avocado on toast, you know, and things like that are, are yeah. true true to life. And you can imagine there being a situation where, where two people are working at different shifts, you, you could share this one, one bedroom flat. Uh, knowing how you know, shift works works in the NHS. There will obviously always be a, t- a time where he isn't on night shift. You normally do night shift for a number of nights, and then you have some time off the night shift because you have to, you know, have that that space. So part of me has to sort of suspend disbelief. Um, but you can see, you know, people have said this as well. You can see, particularly in this day and age, mm. how that, as mad as it is, might be something people have to do in order to live particularly in the south in in london and to stay there 
but it's it's just it's very cute without mm. being cutesy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's just the right side of like charming. I think is the yeah. Um, if I had one criticism, I think if this was half our episodes, it would be absolutely perfect, and I think we'd have watched it all by now. Yeah, it's forty five minutes, and that extra fifteen minutes is just that extra barrier. I think. Mm. I think um, when we're talking about we were talking about the bear last episode and things like that, like you the the prevalence of this year for half hour dramas is really really something that I'm I'm really behind because I think that like bite sized TV that you can just fit in in between things and just if you fancy an early night I can just put it on and before before bed and stuff like that yeah. but 50 extra 15 minutes like we will get through this mm-hmm. I think it we will watch this pretty pretty swiftly and get it finished but yeah yeah the thing that I'm not sold on is there's a there's a subplot with the um the flatmate's brother can't remember what was flatmate Leon flatmate yeah. Leon's brother who was in prison and I'm not really interested in that I'm sure there's good I think I'd put two and two together in that the friend's a legal aid lawyer and it all sort of yeah and I was like I can put this together very very quickly and I I just didn't care about that and I, actually I'm just happy spending time with them both in their life, separate lives and seeing how they build their relationship up but I do understand obviously this is based on a book as well there's yeah. got to be something that drives the plot forward yes. so yeah yeah you can't just have them yeah just oh living, we've met yes. now yeah oh, and, there oh go. yeah hello yeah yeah let's go for a drink <laughs> yeah. let's have a meal yeah yeah, yeah. oh we can't so we're working mm. different times shall we get on to films because I'm itching yeah. to talk about it yep yeah. go on then Saturday night at the movies Who cares what picture you see When you're with your baby Let's roll in the balcony before we get into Avatar, which I know you're itching to do. No, you're itching to do. You keep saying you're itching to do it, and you you're now going to introduce some other films that I yes. haven't seen. And this is this because you've been watching Christmas films? I'm going to do a Christmas film speed run. Oh, God, right, okay. I can do three films in the time it took you to do Strike. All oh, right, fair <laughs> enough. Right, okay. First film, Violent Night. <laughs> another another favorite of mine. This must have been the easiest film to pitch, <laughs> because you could walk into a room. And say David Harbour mm-hmm. is Santa Claus. Is, Santa. is John McLean. Yeah. This is Santa Die Hard. This is um, Santa fighting off terrorists. And I didn't know what to expect with this. There was nothing on the cinema. I think everything has given Avatar so much mm. space and nothing really wants to stick around. But this was on. I'd not been to the cinema for a few weeks because we'd had a lot on. So just went to see anything. And I was expecting this to be shite. This is so much fun. Basically, the story is rich family in a house. Terrorists come in trying to take all the money. We we are seeing it through the eyes of a family who are in the verge of breaking up, who have gone to this their patriarch's mansion to for Christmas. And the rest of the family, in quite a knives-out kind of way, are dickheads. This is ultra-violent. Like, there are incidents which make you go, ooh. Is it an 18? It's a 15, I think. Oh, okay. But it, it almost, it could must have been borderline. Mm. There's not, it's all done in a comic way. Right, so it's not like torture violence or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. But there are things that will make you go, ooh. Yeah. It wears its references on its sleeve. Okay. That's exactly what it's doing. At one point, a child says, I watched Home Alone last night. Right. 
mm. a boider. They mm. put some booby traps out at points. Mm-hmm. There is one kill which is telegraphed earlier in the film, or not so much telegraphed, but uses a plot device earlier in the film where people in the audience applauded. Right? I've not seen that done for a while. I've not seen it done for a while, but it was brilliant. And was it, were there many people in the audience? Nope, well? oh, nope, right, okay. no. Right, because I can't imagine yeah. it being full. David Harbour is brilliant. Yeah. Like, almost more charming as Santa than he is as <laughs> in Stranger <laughs> Things. Fair. Yeah. Um, there is a point where he takes his shirt off, which will get you very excited. It's not a book to see that next week. The baddie is played by Jean Leguizamo, who's oh, having a, having a lovely a time. time. Yeah, yeah. Scenery chewing. Everyone else is a little bit one note. The children are fine. Edie Patterson plays the exact same character she plays in Knives Out. Beverly D'Angelo plays the matriarch of the house. Obviously, Christmas film royalty. Do you know who she is? No, oh. I'm, I'm nodding away, but I have no idea who you're talking about. She's the mother in the National Lampoon's films. Oh, I see. I've not seen those, but would I? Oh. Come on. Oh, come on. They're not for me, are they? Well, no. I mean, any oh, National Lampoon, oh, it's so funny. Mm, probably won't be for me. <laughs> Wait till next <laughs> year. Like, Wait till I next year. I just won't get any of the jokes. But yeah, this is, I can see why people would hate this film. But for me, if you go in just for a fun Christmas, fun. Yeah. absolutely nailed on. What else have you seen? That was the only one I can think of. Second film, Falling for Christmas. Oh, God. This is a Netflix original Christmas movie. And there the review ends. <laughs> Let's move on. No. So this is a combination of It's a Wonderful Life and your favourite Christmas film, Santa with Muscles. Okay, yes. A posh rich girl whose father owns a ski resort gets hit in the head, (laughs) loses her memory, and is rescued by the owner of the quaint small ski resort that's down the track that's running out of money. I was about to say, are they running out of money? Run out of money because the big one is taking all their bookings. Capitalism. Um, the, The guy is played by Cordover Street, who was in Glee. No, I'm, yeah, and I'm has a hell of a name. Yeah, like, how I'll is he not a bigger yeah, star? That's how I know that name. And the woman in her return to feature films is Lindsay Lohan. Oh, God. Right, okay. This is cheese. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that we were watching this together mm-hmm. because I think this is much better when you watch it going... Oh, so um, oh, so Cordova Street's wife's died, and oh, no. and uh, you know, the, what's going to happen? Their child just doesn't know what to do anymore, <laughs> and looking for a maternal influence in her life. God. What possibly could happen here? It, all this is played. It's self-knowing. It knows exactly what it is. It is quite charming at times. Um, George Young plays um, Lindsay Lohan's fiance, who I've not seen in anything since Malignant, where he played the cop. <laughs> there is no greater difference in two films that I've seen someone in than yeah. these two films. Mm. If you want a cheesy Christmas film, you could do far worse than this. It's shit, <laughs> but it knows it's shit. And it's utterly charming. Like, you can run a commentary, like, sit there going, oh, oh, he's going to propose on the edge of a cliff. Um... Oh, d- 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 oh! You want to be careful being so close to the edge of that cliff. <laughs> oh no, there she's fallen. Yeah, um, it's it it 
it, it knows exactly what it is. Put it on Christmas Eve, you will have a lovely, lovely time taking the piss out of it. And finally, have you heard of A Christmas Story? Nope. You haven't heard of it at all? No, no, not at all. Okay, right. So, 1983, made for TV movie. Right. Who, who in? Who in? Who in? <laughs> who in? Who in? I who would be in it, Mark? I don't think you'll have heard of anyone in it. Oh, right, okay. So not like big 80s stars or anything No, like no, 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 no. Okay. Not at all. Okay, well, I, I retract my who in. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is an absolute piece of folklore in America. Um, like a made tv movie that just took off from there. So TBS, you've heard of that channel, will play it from Christmas Eve evening back to back all the way through Christmas and to Christmas night evening, so 20, 12 showings in a row over 24 hours. You say TBS? TBS, yeah. Oh, I've not, oh, you said I've heard of it. I've heard of CBS, but I don't TBS know. TBS is a, it's a, it's a, it's a cable channel. Ted okay. Turner. Turner oh, Broadcasting yeah. System. See, I've not heard of it. Okay, right. So, absolutely. There is other films in the franchise. It's an adaptation of a book. Um, it's, I first heard of this when I first started listening to podcasts, which was kind of like, until then, I don't think I'd have heard like, someone talking about an American talking about the Christmas films that influenced them because how would you yeah um and so it's become more famous over here since then I think um it was on BBC last year I think and I saw it then I've seen it a couple of times it's very it's very episodic it's it's the story of someone in the 40s or 50s being 10 years old him and his family at Christmas he wants a air rifle and hilarity ensues it's also i think it, it's quite similar to probably very, very influential on um diary of a wimpy kid um it's very you know it's that sort of looking back sort of thing i suspect it also influenced the wonder years because mm-hmm. it's got that narration over it from okay. an older person looking back there have been sequels made mostly unsuccessfully but this is a remake this year with largely the original cast set in the 70s where ralphie is now a um, aspiring writer. I mean, what are the chances of that? And he is trying to write his, uh, trying to get his first novel sold to companies. Very hard. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and a few days before Christmas, he gets the call that his dad has passed away. So the family have to pack up and go to be with his mum and sort of look after the house in their hometown of Indiana. I don't have anywhere near the um, connection to the original story that the most America will have. But I watched this anyway, and it is absolutely as charming as the original. <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be successful because it won't be shown on TBS for 24 hours dead straight. But if you've got any, any connection to the original at all, if you've ever seen it, and you know what, like, if in the ropes Christmas... I think the original's on Prime Video now, so there's worse times you can spend 90 minutes on. Um, I I was in bits at certain points. Obviously, the death of a parent so close to Christmas, it, it, it you're really ready to tug the heartstrings. At the end, over the end credits, they show like scenes from this next to scenes from the original, oh, okay. and so I see like I, I now see things that someone who was really familiar with the source material would would make. I think this is on HBO Max in America. It's on Sky Movies in the UK. Even if you've not seen it, like it, it's a perfectly fine Christmas movie. Um, just don't expect too much of it. But yeah, it's lovely. And Peter Billingsley, who's the 
um, guy who plays Ralph. And I was like, what's he been up to? Turns out he's very successful. Was an executive producer on the first Iron Man film. Oh, right, okay. Very it good. looks like he's mates with Vince Vaughn and... Who's the guy who directed Iron Man? Oh, yes, him. Pete, <laughs> the millionaire like, from the Friends. Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, happy in the actual film. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember. I want to say Seth Rogen, and it's so not Seth Rogen, but it's that sort of like clip, clipped. Oh, bit, I hate yeah. getting old. I know, I can't remember I know. it at all. John Favreau. Uh, that's it. <laughs> not exactly the short name that I was thinking of. So, yeah, because he was also he was also in and friend. Uh, he was ex- a producer on Elf. He was a producer oh, on the well. breakup. So oh, yeah, great. he's clearly he's doing well for himself. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. He's absolutely fine. He's really charming in this. Yeah. Let's talk about Avatar. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready too. So Avatar, the follow up to the biggest film of all time. Yeah. Avatar, the way of water. Are we going to call it Avatar 2 and Avatar, just so that we don't have to say the way of water all the time? I think the film. I think we should just call it the film from now on. Avatar, Avatar, the way of water, brackets, the film. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, sorry, I interrupted you when you were doing a bit of a synopsis. The follow-up to the most successful film of all time, the highest grossing film of all time, um... 12 years since the original? So. No, 13 yeah. years yeah. now. Yeah, yeah it was time. Christmas 2009. Mm. Um, and James Cameron's Return to, Cin- Return to Cinema. Um, I had not realised until I listened to our friend, the movie Robcast's recent exploration of his films that he had only done eight films. Yes. <laughs> I just, it just hadn't dawned on me that he hadn't done as many films that, as I would have anticipated for someone who's just so big in mm. the filmmaking world. Just for clarity, I think you were a huge fan of Avatar, the mm. first, the original. Yeah, very much so. I was somewhat cold to it. Mm. I think it's technically fine. I think there's a great fight scene at the end, but I the actual anything involving actual plot or acting left me quite cold. Mm. If you want to listen to our thoughts further, please check out the movie Robcast, um, the most latest episode yeah, at time of recording. recording probably going to have a review of Avatar yeah, they're ready soon, to, but, yeah. Ready see it as well. I mean listen to all the James Cameron episodes and listen to all the well, episodes all of the, the other episodes, but in particular but, yeah. the, the, the latest James Cameron run is so fascinating so much more knowledge I feel I've got now of films even like Titanic which I felt like I had quite a bit of knowledge because it came out 1997, wasn't it, Titanic? Yeah. 97. 97. I think it was 98 in this country. Peak time for me, um, listening to the soundtrack over and over again. So I thought I knew quite a lot about Titanic because I read about it a lot at the time. And yet, listening to the, the Robs and all of their guests, I found out so much more about that film and all the other films as well. Like, little nuggets of information that just you know as a film fan you go oh how how did a how did i not know that before but wow i've learned something new so really really educational i feel moving on to avatar the way of water Mm. we need to have a conversation about technicals up front okay yeah because i went and watched this in the brand new dolby theater at the odeon metro center Mm. which is i think one of only six or seven in the country okay you watch this at our local cinema in just plain old 3D. No IMAX, no recliner seats. Um, I was I was quite sure because I usually go for like the IMAX recliner seats most of the time. I go at the cinema, and I went into the room, 
and first of all it was pitch black and we'll come back to that in a moment but when I went and sat on the seats I was like oh it doesn't move it doesn't look like the, the seats were not as comfortable as I usually have so but it was just plain old 3D so 3D glasses and no Dolby sound no IMAX so Dol- the Dolby Theatre is I've been to the one in London Leicester Square yes you have uh, we yeah. talked about that on the podcast did I go see Candyman you went there? to see something horror yeah, and it Candyman. was Candyman yeah, yeah. Um, brand new just been just been opened in the last month or so, I think. Um, when I walked in, the rake on this is so high. Do you know what that means? Yeah, like yeah. The, 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 so, the, the, so, yeah. yeah. Almost felt <laughs> like, like when you're walking in, that you walk into the set of... Do you remember the National Lottery game where it's like 100 to 1? Yes, yes. and everyone's up in up in the sky. Yes, that's and, almost yeah. like what it's wow. like when you walk that in. That reminds me of the, um, the IMAP in London I mean you can tell I've not been for a long time but there's like it's a great big circuit <laughs> if the Robs are listening they'll be laughing their head off because they'll, they'll know it but there's a it's like a circular building I can't remember whereabouts it is but is it was the BFI yeah is it the BFI I don't, I don't know anyway I went to it once to watch um oh not Tenet um it uh, Inception yes <laughs> I was working my way backwards and that had a I was like oh we're really up we're up in the air and you can sort of feel like people are almost like, you know, just like down there and then you know people look. Yeah, so I know exactly what you mean. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> so the advantage of the Dolby Cinema is it has laser projection. It has the best contrast I've ever seen on a on a cinema screen. So there is the blackest of blacks. There is the brightest of brights. Colours are extremely vivid. And I wanted to check it out just for a film. Um when the original 3D revolution came off and everyone was kicking off saying, well, everything looks a bit dull because the light, the glasses take the shine mm, off them yeah. or something like that. Laser projection is on its way and that will solve a lot of things. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have the... did You didn't have the varial frame rate, did you? Did I? I mean, this is the question. Well, let's start with the fact that I walked into the cinema. It was 10.30 in the morning. I went to see a really early show, which was great because this is a long film. Um, and when I walked in, there was nothing on the screen and everyone was just sat in the dark. So I went, took my seat and there were only five people in at that time. I think there was only six or seven of us in the entire showing, which is interesting. And people then just continued to sit in the dark. And then the, the sort of the little lights, you know, the tiny little lights that are sh- shining to show you like how to go up the stairs, for example, yes. they turned off. And so then we were just sat in pure pitch black. <laughs> and I was just waiting for someone to, you know, you have that moment of like, someone's going to go, aren't they? Someone's going to go and say something or someone's going to come in and go, guys, guys, you're all sat in the dark. Where were you in the cinema? Were you at the I back? I was at the back, yeah. Oh, back wow. So, like, and I would be thinking, well, someone close well, to the front can go. Yeah. Or you're going to think, right, someone from the, um, the cinema is going to come in. They're going to realise there's nothing on the screen and this is happening. But no one did. So, of course, you know me. I was like, well, I'm not having any of this. So I was like, off I went, down the stairs. Because it was, it would be 25 minutes and we should have been well into trailers. We should have been, you know, proper into advert. We should have been that, like, turn off your phone and all. And nothing. So I went out and grabbed someone. I just said, I don't know if it's meant to be, like, dark in here. But we're all just sitting in the dark, I think I said to him. We're just all sitting in the dark. And he went, right, okay. And he came and he was like, it's not meant to be like that. Then, uh, yeah, ensued 
um, many, many attempts to get something up on the screen. We had the manager coming in, going up the back. There was like a moment where the Super Mario Brothers trailer popped up. Obviously, that, that was in 3D from what I could see. Yes. Um, middle of it. And then it went away again. And then the screen like sort of got a bit... But you know when the screen gets bigger, when the film's meant to come on, yeah. but then nothing happened. Um, we didn't get any adverts. The um, And then, oh, the Super Mario thing came back on again. And... It was, uh, but then it was shaking. The other, the other thing that I was really worried about was it came back on and everyone's, you can feel everyone sort of breathe a sigh of relief and they'd been in and out, in and out, sort of saying, sorry guy, and actually three different people had come in and, and apologised, which was which was great because we all knew what was what was happening. I actually messaged you at the time, didn't I, and said, I think I'll be coming home earlier than I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, then the Mario Super Mario Brothers trailer came up again and again, it's in the middle of it, it's not started from, from the beginning and it was shaking and it was shaking from side to side. And I thought, oh my God, is this what this high frame rate... <laughs> like, I really thought, because I heard people had said, it's like, it's meant to be really fast. Or, and some people said, oh, it makes it look slow on the screen, or it makes it look like a computer game. I thought, if this is what it's going to be like all the way through Avatar, I can't watch this film. I just can't. Whereas so actual fact, like, it was someone kicking the shit out yeah, of the projector for a while to try and get it working. I was like taking my 3D glasses on and off because I was thinking, is it the 3D or is it the screen? But when I took the 3D glasses off, you could see the, the, the screen moving. Then I got the next trailer was Barbie. Yes. And that was not in 3D. So I could mm. see that the screen was fine. But I was really worried. We didn't get the BBFC sort of like thingy coming up telling you whether there's violence and sex and drugs and all that. In it, I didn't get any of that. I didn't get to see what rating it was. There was no, everyone turn your phone off and get ready for the film and all of that. So none of that. Um, because after the Barbie trailer, it went off again. And then someone came in and said, we are going to get this. <laughs> they were so determined. We will get this film up. There's something wrong with the server. We, we will get this film on this screen. And then the film just started from the beginning. <laughs> so didn't even get a run up. It was just, and now Avatar is on. So it was a really interesting, in inverted commas, interesting more build up to the film where every five minutes I'm thinking, I'm going home in a minute, I'm going home in a minute, or I'm going to be like, oh, I'll have a bit of extra time this morning. And that, that frame rate really worried me. I really thought if that's what it is in this Super Mario Brothers trailer, I'm not going to be able to cope with it. Do you know the answer to the question? Did I see some sort of weird frame rate having it in pure 3d without imax without dolby you're very good on the technical stuff i don't think i did because i didn't feel there was any difference between me seeing avatar the original 13 years ago and the experience i had the technical experience i had in this one i would be really interested to know if i did indeed have this is it high frame rate? H- yes. F- yeah. Well, it's variable, oh, variable yeah. frame rate, but yeah, H- high FR, yeah. HFR. Do you know the answer to the question? I don't. I suspect mm. you didn't. Okay. But fucking hell, do Odeon make it tough to find out what's happening? <sighs> yeah. It's like, so I went on their website to try and work out how I was going to watch this because this is literally in about 14 different formats. Mm. There is IMAX, there is Dolby, there is iSense, which I'm still. Trying to find a, as I understand it, I think it's Dolby Cinema, like one under. Right. 
Um, I think it's Dolby Cinema without the actual Dolbiness of it, without okay. Dolby coming along and saying, yes, this is a Dolby Cinema. <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's laser projected, but I think it's got the Dolby Atmos mm-hmm. sound and it's got a big screen. I was in a big screen. Mm-hmm. It looked not that far off an IMAX for me. Okay. But I, it, obviously not an IMAX because it would be it would call itself an IMAX. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether other companies have this same problem of just telling you what, what you what are going you to be watching. Yeah. And I, f- I wonder if it is just the fact that cinemas position themselves as we are the ultimate experience. However, we've got these other experiences which are even more <laughs> ultimate than the one that you're going to pay still a fair amount still of cash a fair for. Amount of money and an extra £2 to go and see the 3D. So I still paid my extra two quid. On top um, of your limitless On top pass. of my limitless, yeah. I paid £4.50 of my limitless. Okay. Um, they included the glasses with that because they are special glasses right. which seem to be okay. two layers i right. was trying to work yeah. this out at the point it was yeah. dark I, so I, that, right? I mean it still offered me the chance to buy glasses but these were very different glasses and it said next to it not required for dolby 3d right which um, sort out sort out your app mate yeah, like yeah, don't, yeah. don't offer it to me because i'm sure people will have bought them oh and i then, they will yeah. yeah um but yeah uh, so I saw this in I was listening to the Empire podcast and James Cameron picked the Dolby Cinema in London okay. as the place to have the premiere because he thinks mm-hmm. it's the best cinema experience for this right. okay. I can understand what he is saying mm-hmm. having experienced this mm-hmm. if you get a chance to watch a 3D film you get none of the light loss you see bright vibrant colours and it is the best way to see a 3D film it's the best, probably the best way to see a film mm-hmm. because the blacks are black the yeah. whites are white um, if you were in a dark scene, you can see exactly what's going on. Um, but yeah, there are about seven around the country, so mm. good luck with that. If you don't live in Birmingham, London, Leeds, or Manchester, okay. I think it is. Well, maybe one, maybe might want Edinburgh as well or Glasgow. But yeah. So the film, the, the actual film. Now that we've gone through that, go on then. You go first. Do you want to do a brief introduction to what the film is about? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So we are back with the Sully family. <laughs> so I'm going to call them. The Sullys. So yeah, Jake Sully, um, Natiri, and they're now four children, um, three of whom are, are, are their children, and one is an adopted child um, that has come from a very interesting place, let's say, because I think that's quite a... It's a, it's, yeah. a plot, it's a plot point that, that I didn't know going in, and I think I quite enjoyed finding out when I got mm. there. So um three of their own, one adopted, um, two girls, two boys, and they are having a lovely time with the people as they call them, their clan, um, in the in the forest, and um everything's great until do 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 the sky people return and war returns and difficulties and challenges return characters that we thought might have died return and so the the Sully family are forced to flee to another part of Pandora that we didn't know existed in the in the original film and this part of Pandora is a is a reef it's coastal and therefore there's a lot of water hence the title the way of water and they have to learn the new ways of the other clan that they uh, that they and we meet in this in this sequel (laughs) in this in this sequel was the only words I could think of at that point in time. That's it, isn't it? Yes, I think that's fair enough. Do, 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 do. 
Go on then, Elaine. What's um, your thoughts? Is this, this spoiler free? This is spoiler free. Spoiler free, everyone. Um, it took me a while to get back into Avatar to the Weird War. And I think that was because I was slightly disturbed with the introduction to the film having, you know, lights can, going on, lights going off, no that, yeah. BBFC sort of thing, and no real trailers. And I was a little bit off. Also, um, we had something going on at home that I needed to keep an eye on yes. with on my phone in case something had happened. So whilst I didn't have, I had my phone on my knee ready to vibrate and I was just slightly, my brain wasn't 100% in it. So I think I have to put that it's into... It's tough to lose yourself in a film in Yes, yeah, when you're sort of yeah. waiting for something to, to perhaps occur. So it took me a while to get back into it and I was a bit like, oh, oh, I'm not quite sure I'm in. I'm not quite sure I'm in because I loved the original Avatar and I loved the immersiveness of it. Half an hour went by, I relaxed into it, and I was fully into the film. I was fully into what was happening. I felt I was back in that world. Uh, It was taking me along for the ride, and it continued to take me along for the ride throughout the entire film. And so my disclaimers are still there from the original. Plot-wise, this has a lot to... um, (laughs) this has a this has a a lot to be desired and i have more of an issue with the acting in this than i did in the original and there's one character in particular that really did not work for me and every time they came on screen i wanted them to not be on screen there were moments where i laughed out loud and i don't think i was meant to be laughing but I went with it, and I think that was the the best bit was, I was thinking, this is crackers. This is absolute crackers. I am laughing my head off at this. And at one, one point, I was thinking, I cannot wait to do a skit of this with you at home when you've seen this. I cannot wait to talk about this bit of the film with you and do all sorts of weird and wonderful, like, shouting of lines and things. I found myself crying throughout the whole of the second half to the point where I had to really sort myself out when I went to walk out of the cinema. And that was partially to do with the world and being back in Pandora and the things that Cameron was saying. And it was also to do with a particular plot point in the second half. Yeah. I have lots of reservations about this film but the mind-blowing experience of Avatar and now Avatar 2 remains with me. And the experience of being in that world, the big boombastic madness of James Cameron has seen me through this. I would have given the original Avatar a, a five star and I probably still would, even with the reservations. This doesn't quite live up to it for me because I there were certain things that I just couldn't quite live with and I really found difficult to get over. But it's still a four out of five for me. I can see why the reviews have been so polarising because yeah. I think you could come out of this and say, it's amazing, it's up 
really, really high. I can also see how you can go completely the way, because if you are not into this, you will not be into this. It's three hours, 12 minutes. It's got some really challenging, some laughable things in it, if you come at it from that particular point of view. Some of the acting is utterly mad. Some of the plot points are mad. Most of the plot is incredibly derivative. There are bits of his other films weaved into this film. And I was like, oh, there's the bit from that. Oh, that's, you know. So you can totally pick it apart. I don't agree with the one-star reviews that have come out. There's a particular one-star review that's really, really brutal. I can't see how you can hand on heart say that this is a one-star film with the technical ability, with the the beauty of what is on the screen and the love and care that has been put into it. It is a spectacle. But I can see how people would go down on that side. I have, and I'm quite happy about that, in my little brain has gone, take me along for the ride, Mr Cameron. I'm quite happy to, to do it. I was, despite crying throughout the most of the second half, I was happy to be taken on this journey with you and good on you for giving me a cinematic experience similar to the original Avatar. Mm. That is where I've come out. (laughs) I I think you might be down the one star end. I don't think it's a one star film. Um, I, I agree with largely, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, it technically this is a superb film. It from for a lot of this film, it's like going into John Lewis or Curry's and going to the seven thousand pound TV and just seeing the demo disc that they have on there, which is nature shots and the detail, especially with the variable frame rate scenes, look absolutely stunning when you're just looking. At the at, at the scenery around Pandora, the underwater elements are really really hit hit the ground running and just take you away. Like I can understand why people say I want to be in Pandora mm. because I think it's such an immersive experience. Mm. And this is like this is the second film I've seen that I think justifies the use of three D. Yes, the first of which being the first Avatar. I cannot get on with the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that characters make decisions which would just completely... I, I, I want to discuss some of these plot points with yeah, you yeah, because we'll, they we'll just make it. no sense that something that someone will do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that characters that were the highlight of the first film are completely forgotten for the first two and a half hours of this film. Um, I And I just it didn't affect me emotionally. There are emotional moments where I sat there. I think part of the problem is I have a face blindness for Navi. Mm-hmm. And there at points I don't understand who things are happening to. Okay. There are, you know, there are a bunch of kids running around. I can see that one of them's a girl. I can see two of them are boys, but mm-hmm. the other boys, are, I know one's tall, one's small, but if they're not to the next to each other, I don't know which one's the older, which mm-hmm. one's younger. Yeah. And that is important in these things. Yeah. Um, I missed a lot of that. Because, I missed a lot of plot points because of that. Um, the other problem with this is the variable frame rate for me. 
I saw Gemini Man win the high frame rate and I thought it was off-putting. This used a variable frame rate whereby in in a lot of talking scenes they will go back to the 24 frames a second that you would normally see films in. Okay. And for action scenes it speeds up to 48 frames per second. But the act of going between that just took me out of the film every time. Um, I've heard people say it was worked perfectly for them. It seems like it's just the way your brain is wired about whether how this fits you. And when it goes into the high frame rate, quite often it looks like video game scenes. Right. I, part of it, half expected to see not actual in-game footage written on the bottom right, okay. because it looked like an advert for Gears of War or something wow, like that at points. Because I didn't get that at all and I thought I might do mm. but I didn't so I wonder if this is the, the frame rate issue. O- other points. It doesn't seem to stick. It's sometimes tough to tell mm. um, because at some points when they are there are human characters in this and sometimes when they are talking it looked too clean and the only thing I can say it looked like <laughs> is somewhere between a sci-fi original movie uh-huh. and a Sky One Arrowverse DC TV show. It looks cheap. <laughs> right, it, look, okay. it makes look things cheap. look cheap. Mm. Yeah. And I can't quite put my finger on why. Okay. It's almost like it's too... It, I think it's shot digitally and I think that mm. shows and I think it looks too good. Um, when I used to work in telephony, like we had a telephone system that ran over IP, and we put in some really high end conference phones. And if you were sat in Glasgow on this conference phone and in Newcastle on them conference phones, it just sounded like you were in the room. Mm-hmm. And everyone said you need to turn that down because okay. it's just too weird to hear a voice as if you're in the room. Yeah. So I think as a human, we kind of benefit from a little bit lower fidelity when we are kind and of the expectation. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I can completely understand if 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 the if the storyline hit you, I can completely understand people loving this, and I don't begrudge anyone with a five star review on this. I I really question the, some of the one star reviews because I feel I feel some of that might have been made going in. Mm-hmm. I don't see how I mean people people have their own opinions. I don't see how anyone can look at the the sheer scope of what has been done on screen here and say this is a one star film um, but hey look people people make their own decisions and stuff and like that and what do we want out of cinema I was thinking about this yeah. you know what what do you want do, I, I, obviously there's loads of people out there that love their art house they love their independent they like their um, quiet thoughtful films and so do I on you know on occasion I'm much more up the blockbuster mm. end but you've got sometimes you just need a bit of like, obviously, James Cameron has a very interesting reputation and we were walking along <laughs> the shops today and I was giving you um, a fact-by-fact... Um, it was little, like scrolling yeah. through Twitter. It uh, was, yes, um, which you said to me at the time. And uh, so I was giving you sort of James Cameron 101. So he has had this... Unprompted <laughs> as well, I didn't ask for this. You just started to tell me how many thought, wives it had. Yeah, and... I just thought, do you want to know? Um, and who they were. And... No, you didn't ask me no, who for one of those. Yeah, but I just <laughs> thought you might. Um, so, yeah, so, so obviously he he is known for being, let's just say in inverted commas, a difficult character, someone who's difficult to work with. And I don't put that to one side because I don't think... I've got a real thing about... I don't think you need to be 
a complete arsehole to be a genius. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I hate that trope of, oh, well, you know, if someone gets away with being awful to people, but they're a genius. Because yeah. that's the way people abuse power. Steven Spielberg seems you know, to be liked by everyone he works yes. with. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think there are the ways of doing it. So I'm sort of, I'm cautious around that. But what do we want out of filmmakers in general? Do we want people to go, oh, well, let's not bother with that or let's just remain at the minimum level? Or do you want someone to go, you know what? I've got this idea. I want to go for it. I'm going to go for it. And if it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off for everyone. But I'm just going to do it. And that's what I like about people like Cameron who just go, you know, he's, he's clearly like a fuck it. I'm going to do, the, you know, these. Uh, no one's asking for a sequel, but I'm going to blummin' well make you one. And you know what? I'm going to make you another one as well. Probably two more afterwards because I'm the king of the world. There's something about that that I just go, wow, well, fair enough. I'm guessing there won't be two more films after this. Mm. Um, I mean, it's uh, uh, it, not that it's relevant, but I think the opening has been quite mooted. I was really um, surprised that there were only, I mean, must be six, seven people in my showing, and it was the, you know, the 10.30, it was one of the first, mm. was it the Friday the opening day? Friday was the opening yeah, day, so you were, yeah. You would th- and I mean, but to be fair, when we looked at other showings, the IMAX 3D in the same cinema was nearly sold out later on in the day. I think that tends to be the case of big films, mm. um, because... The IMAX 3D is the one with the recliner seats, yeah. and they were better than the recliner seats that I had in the Dolby Cinema. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but when we went to see um, Black Panther, that was that was a lot busier for the first yes. showing yeah. than the one you went to. Yeah. So, and they were busy all morning. Yeah. Um, it's made 55 million on its opening day. Okay. Um, which. Does it need to make? He said it makes need to make two billion to yeah. break even. It's more than the first Avatar. It's double mm-hmm. what the first Avatar did. Yeah, but it's. I mean, that had amazing legs on it. That and film. will it have repeat viewing? Like, I do not feel at this point in time that I need to go back and see this film right now. Whereas with the original Avatar, I went three, mm. possibly four times. Well. I was clock watching all the way through. Okay. Um, and that might I could not get lost in this film, mm. despite the immersive visuals. Do you think that was the same reason as I? We we've had some stuff going on recently where we've need to keep keep an eye on phones, and we've need to you know. Were you was it similar? Do you think you had no. that running in the back of your mind? I head? don't think so. No, okay. I, I think it was the I, I think at least partially down to the um, every five minutes it changed from. Uh, from the 48 frames per second okay. to 24 so and immediately like oh that's happened and stuff like that so I'm wondering if I'm trying to find an excuse for the fact that maybe I was doing the same thing and that I was checking not checking my phone but I was checking to make sure that my phone wasn't mm. ringing and you know all of that sort of stuff so but may, I'm worried now that I'm using that as maybe an excuse and perhaps I wasn't quite as into it as <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know? I mean you 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 you, you do your review, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's important to put the context in place. And if I, I'm I saying, totally oh, I'm completely immersed in it, but actually I wasn't, and I'm, maybe I'm using the excuse so of I was At no point things. could I say I was totally immersed okay. in this. Because I think I was at 
I was, in my mind, I was like, I've got two and a half hours left to go of this. Right, I um, didn't feel like that. Okay, okay. well then, okay. yeah, that's... That's a difference then. A okay. big difference. And I mm. I went recently went to see the remake. Uh, sorry, sorry. Recently went to see the re-release of the original in IMAX 3D, and at no point did I think, oh, there's now we're left to go on this. Yeah. Uh, I was lost in that. So, mm, yeah. Okay. Um, who knows? Who knows why, mm. but... It did. It just didn't work for me on any level. The story. I think if you are a fan of the original Avatar, my recommendation is to go and see it. Go and see it just to see how you feel. I mean, take your snacks, go to the loo, and you know you might find yourself in the same position as Mark in that you, that you're clock watching. Yeah. But it's still a spectacle. It's still something oh. to to. To, to review and to analyse and if you come away from it thinking well it's not for me you don't have to go and see it again I still think that I still think I would still say that even though it didn't work for me I would still say that everyone should go see this because it is spectacular filmmaking and it's worked for enough people that I may just be the minority on this the effect when you are looking at the Navi it feels like you are not looking at something that is computer generated it's almost there are points where it like goes to their hands, yeah, and it almost looks like you know on Thunderbirds, yes, when like it's puppets, but then when they need to do something with their hands, it's yeah. like a shot a, of a someone's actual hands. Yeah, yeah, it almost felt like that. Yeah. So th- that is a worry that it's mm. almost like too real at some points that it goes beyond the uncanny valley, mm. and I think again that might have taken me out of the film. Okay, um, water is something that's been long almost impossible to do on on screen outside of going in some water every effect on this looked oh beautiful just beautiful yeah when someone comes out the water mm. they look like they're getting wet to the yeah. point where there's one character that comes out of the water and i'm like am i supposed to fancy this now because <laughs> she's doing the ursula andrus <laughs> shot yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah like glistening and yeah. i'm like i'm not sure how i'm meant to feel about this <laughs> Yeah, there are they are interestingly. I think the uh, the Navi and the the people of Pandora are, and and there's there was another podcast that that raised this as well. The the women are sort of dressed a little bit like they're in the um, early to mid two thousands because they're dressed in like little crop tops and little little pants, <laughs> and they are. It, yeah, it, I understand why they've done that, but. They do look all like they all look like models for a start. They're, they're all very athletic. They, they do look like those kind of like almost chainmail things. We're like, yes, yeah. This is going to sound weird. But okay. What can I see through there? And what can I, what can yeah, I see? Yeah, 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 it's it's very odd. And the men all have like sort of like loincloths oh, on. Yes. Very sort of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So yeah, there's, there's, there are interesting thing things going on. Um, but yes, I know exactly what what you mean. Can we go into spoilers? Because I feel I'm dancing around stuff. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. from now on, here be spoilers. I see you. I see you. Before we go in... <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to do something then. Go on. So, can I just ask who the character that really annoyed you was? And why was it Spider? <laughs> right, I'll save my whale impression for later. Um, yeah. Oh. What I I thought it was a really was it spider? Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought it was an intriguing concept that a child couldn't be put in cryostasis, 
So that child had to stay and became essentially one of the people. And the, 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 there's a, a thread that goes through the story of, um, of, of Avatar and Pandora, the people of adoption, essentially, or being not even like a legal adoption of a child, but adoption into a culture or adoption into a, a clan. And that takes itself to even another level in this, that, that, that um, Jake Sully and his family have to go to another clan and learn their ways. So I thought that was a really interesting concept that there was this, this human child that has been has grown up within this culture and has thinks of himself essentially as one of the people and there is this tension between him particularly in the theory although that needed fleshing out so much more there's this tension where she's saying he should be with his own kind because she has this essentially ptsd where his kind came and destroyed her family and killed her father mm. and you know all of these terrible things have happened to to her people so to her he is the colonizer or representation of so i thought oh that's sort of an interesting concept but then he gets older and it it i'm gonna i, I rarely call out actors because i think it's such a difficult job, isn't but it? You're gonna, but let's, but I'm if gonna, you're going to do it, at least start with a child I'm actor. Gonna, yeah. Well, not, it's not this. It's not a child, It's when he gets older. It's when he becomes a teenager. Um, Still a child. I, I could not get on board with this actor. I think there are moments in the film where he is inert when he should be completely flabbergasted, or he he is seems to be going along with things that you know that if he grew up within that culture and the the religious aspect but also the you know the cultural aspects of how those people live and how they think you would not be able to just stand there inertly watching things happen or you wouldn't be encouraging outsiders who are going to come and kill the people who essentially have looked after you all your life you wouldn't be teaching them how to do that. I found that really difficult to get my head around. But maybe if the acting was there, maybe if there was more nuance within the acting of, I'm going along with this because I have to, or I'm going along with this because I've, I've been missing this father figure. It took me ages to work out that, I was calling Quidditch, I always want to call Quaritch, um, was his dad I just I just didn't get that and I was like is it meant to be him is it not I just that didn't click for me at all so I think there's some intriguing concepts there particularly between him and his new avatar dad not dad but the acting did not take me through I don't blame the acting I'm with you on Mm. a lot of this Mm -hmm. I blame the script I think he needed to be more conflicted and there needed to be something in the script that showed... Yes. Uh, yeah. The script tell the direction yeah, 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 yeah. that showed yeah. like he was missing a father figure. Yes. Uh, look, I, I could write it in two seconds. Mm. Look, he's pissed off because they got rid of all his family yes. like, and clearly kept him for themselves, yes. the Navi. Yeah. Like, what, what a set of bastards? Yeah. Like, okay, baby's going cryogenesis. Someone must have been looking after him. Like, what's happened? Like, we don't know what's happened to his mother. His mother she... died. He says he's an, he's an orphan. He's orphaned by the war. Okay. They say that at the beginning. So, obviously, both of his parents have died. Someone must have. But there must be some someone other who, people who could, who, yeah. who could have took it, like, just stayed behind and maybe got a later shuttle or something like that. Not just, I will take this as my prize mm. from this. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's. 
I've I've got a real problem with that character. I don't blame the actor. I think that he was underserved by the direction or all you need to do is just a shot of his face just like more uh, scenes yes. of him in dire conflict. Because I one of the big problems with this film for me is it has too many subplots that the main driving plot gets forgotten for a long spell of time. At one point when we, and we can go into the whales in a bit, mm-hmm. when we go into the whales for like an hour, one, like 40 minutes, yeah. and we completely forget Quaritch during mm-hmm. that time, to the point where like we just left him pissing about on the dragon things. <laughs> how to train, how to train your <laughs> dragon. Come back after 40 minutes, he's still doing that. Like, um, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot this was an actual plot mm-hmm. on the film. Um, and so I maybe could do with being put together a little bit better, mm-hmm. but you've got the whales. You've got the, the you've got the whale hunting. Yes, which was an a terrible, terrible, tense, you know, thrilling, awful. Like I found myself in bits with that. You've got Kiri with a epilepsy that's never uh, the, really the it was Kiri, clearly settled, going to be yeah. set up in the next thing. The but, Kiri character. I also have an issue with. You've got Kiri's parents that mm. are never really addressed, but I bet there will be in the next. In the next. Well, I think I think my my reading of it is that obviously Kiri's mum is Sigourney Weaver's avatar. Yes. I think Kiri's dad, in inverted commas, is Awa. Yes. I think this is that, a, that worries me a, too. This is a religious reference, but. I mean, this is a film where people can move their their, their human bodies into a Navi avatar. You've got to let your you've got to let it go, haven't you? Like I think it'll things. be James Cameron putting the saviour from the future to come back in time <laughs> to protect Sigourney Weaver and then impregnating her. I could not get on board with seventy-two-year-old Sigourney Weaver playing this young girl. I know they've obviously done all sorts with the tech and they've done something with her voice, but the entire time I'm thinking. That's seventy-two-year-old Sigourney Weaver playing a, 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 and when she has like semi-romantic scenes with Spider, it gave me the ick a little bit. You know, it just made me go, oh, like I know her character's meant to be the same age as him, but that's Sigourney Weaver's voice. Like, and all I've got in my mind is beautiful older lady sigourney weaver do you know what i mean like i just couldn't get my head around the fact that that's her daughter or it that's worked be better for me than the irishman shall i say it, right okay yeah and when the irishman like 20 year old robert de niro walks along hunched over like <laughs> but yeah i can understand that i just didn't i i wish that character didn't exist should we get onto the whales i like the whales hello i'm a whale <laughs> Don't ask me about my past. It's too painful. I like a dickhead whale that goes against, <laughs> that, that, that decides that I'm going to be a lone, I'm going to be a lone wolf, and now I'm going to. That's an outcast. It's so sad. I'm going, I'm going to partake in violence if none of the rest of you uh, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least, but he saved him. He saved the Noak. Twice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, boy and his whale. It was a lovely, a lovely story between the two of them. I thought it was really. I loved it. I loved it. And I felt really, really angry at the whaler and the people coming to, you know, I felt so, so angry. You know, they took the mother and the calf and then, oh, I was properly crying. And I was so desperate because I knew that the whale, no, they're not really whales, but I knew the whale would be captured and I knew she'd, she'd be, she'd die for this. I knew they would, I knew he was referencing real life events where 
you know, animals are taken for things like their tusks or for parts of their body to make humans look, smell, feel better. And I got really, really stop angry a, a, about it. What? Stop aging. Oh, stop aging, which I thought was, you know, interesting. And, and, you know, and the reference to, oh, is this all, you know, so you've killed this, this is all you're going to use. Um, it, it's just like real life. And now, obviously, Cameron's a conservationist and he's done a lot of things to do with, you know, he, he loves the sea, doesn't he? But he's, he's done a lot with that. So he was making a, a, a point and I, um, I took that on board. I found it really heart-wrenching and very, very difficult to watch, actually. And I, I was really, really upset. And certainly when the um, the character that was that is also pregnant at the time, and then she comes and said that was my that my, my soul sister or something like that, you know, because yes. obviously got these connections, and she had waited many cycles to have a calf, and then the calves, and I just, God, it was just too much for me. I mean, obviously I'm a bit like, you know, anything to do with, like, death of children as well is very triggering but i and i think it just shows you right this was this is not even a, a whale this is a, a cgi alien whale on a planet that doesn't exist and cameron had me in the palm of his hand like desperately wanting this awful man to who was with his harpoon to die and the whale and the calf to go off into the distance and i was i was really happy when they like when they come together and the whales and the people and like they're all swimming around each other and they go, oh, how are you? Oh, where have you been on holiday? Oh, you meet the hairdressers recently. Look, there's my kid. Here's your kid. Like, I, I loved all of that. God knows why. But, and then to kill them and, oh, it's just, it was just, it, I really found it. And I know you're talking about, well, 40 minutes with the whales, but I really enjoyed that bit of the film. I'm going to sound like an asshole <laughs> Yeah, now. you are. Yeah, I know, I know. I I thought my thing was okay, James. I understand. I'm with you on this. Can we get on with some fucking plot, please? Okay. Um, and then, did you enjoy the bit where Titanic happened? <laughs> Were you enjoying a bit more of you know? Here's a bit of Terminator. Here's a bit of Titanic. No, but I, what I did enjoy was um, when the child. Do you know any of the characters' names? Because I don't know um, any of yes, them. Yes. Yeah, I know. So, are you? Is it the older? son or the, the, younger, the younger son, son. that's when Noak. He, when he invites him into himself oh here's my big mouth come into my mouth and all i could think of was season three episode one of the boys oh no which Ooh, is very oh, different that's very different anyone who's yeah. seen that let's, will let's yes. not go down but yeah <laughs> when he's walking through his mouth all Would i can think of is come yeah. and visit my mouth and then also connect inside my mouth and I will show you my history. Weird, it's that. just bizarre, isn't it? But anyway, I think you could do like some all sorts of weird analysis on that, couldn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Probably best to move on. So, yeah, um, d- did you enjoy the action? The, the action, yeah. I mean, James Cameron knows how to shoot an action sequence mm-hmm. uh, and it looked amazing in, it, in the Dolby Theatre. Mm-hmm. The colours on this absolutely pop like like i said the darkness and the lightness a lot of the action underwater takes place in really dark yeah. situations how did that yeah. work for you because oh, perfectly the yeah. silver link neros can sometimes can, be a little bit dark it wasn't it wasn't at all i didn't even with the you know 3d glasses on okay. and everything i didn't notice anything i i thought the underwater scene particularly when the boat has capsized and they're in like sort of air pockets mm. it really got me um obviously really reminded me of Titanic but also 
just that sense of how are they going to get out? How they, I was really, really, really tense. How are they going to get, especially because there's children involved. And I think, again, this is where, cre- you know, credit where credit is due. I'm thinking, oh my God, she's going she's gonna to drown with this, with this child. In, and they're not real. You know, it's all the time. Thing. These are not real characters. These are, yes, they're played by human beings. You know, they're, they're mapped on. But these are not real people, you know. And, but they're big blue people. And I was just devastated by the idea that they were trapped within this boat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't much need someone getting captured, getting freed, and then getting captured again two okay. seconds later. Even though they... Yeah, they yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not... Yeah. Not again. Oh, not again. Yeah, yeah. At least they did reference it, yeah. Like I say, I think sometimes the action, when it's in the high frame rate, does look a little bit game cut scene. Okay. I don't understand why there are crab... Um, robot. Because he's funny. It... And because he loves his tech, doesn't he? He loves his sort of the loader type tech that obviously came about in just, Aliens. Do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, I think he, I think it's to just drink a coffee with funny, it. isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, that didn't work because then if you were, I was, this is, there were little things that annoyed me rather than the big things. So when she, the, she's drinking the cup of coffee with her sort of skeleton exo whatever yes. frame, right? That wouldn't work because to make the skeleton with the cup come Something up to her mouth, mouth her you, actual, actual hand, hand yes. it wouldn't work. And so the whole time I'm thinking, that just, I mean, it looks cool in one sense on the screen, but it didn't work. No. And it's the same with the Stephen, is it Stephen Lang? The yes. Yeah. yeah, the Stephen Lang character. The whole idea that he had got an avatar ready just in case something went wrong but that avatar it it says something in the video message about are you gonna go and get that you know if you're if you're um watching this then i'm dead and you're gonna go off and get jake sully i could not understand where that came in the timeline like when did when was this avatar created because he would only have known about jake sully's disloyalty there's a very small pocket of time yeah so things like that like i don't mind timey-wimey nonsense like the whole grandfather paradox with um terminator blows my mind and i love thinking about it you know if he hadn't sent kyle back and who's his dad and you know the cycle that you can you can go through i think that's amazing sci-fi but this didn't work this is why i'm saying the, there's these minor plot things that yeah. just... Mm. What happens if Jake Sully died during that battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens if the other big warrior that was mm. due to be... Who I don't know the name of mm. any of them, but yeah. yeah. What happens if he was the big guy who like defeated the human army? I work out where... Oh, we've got this video, creation. but it, it refer, refers to the wrong person. Yeah, so just yeah, yeah. whenever you hear Jake Sully, when just did, put that other guy's it? name. And then you could see that they were all... The avatars were travelling through space. Yeah, so someone will need to explain that to me at some point, and I've probably just not quite worked it out. Um, but I yeah, don't I think love, there is a... Yeah, I really like the... I mean, there's also... I mean, there's aliens in this film with the um, the marines that come in, but they're not, obviously, anywhere near as well-defined as the marines in, in aliens. They're just big blue marines that, you know, pop up every now and again. Can I point out my pl- big plot point? Yeah, go on. So, oh, the humans have come. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to move. 
Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, well, the humans are probably going to come knocking on our door going, is Jake Sully here? Mm-hmm. And we'll go, no, he's moved on. Like, okay, thanks a lot. Do you know where mm-hmm. he's gone? No. Okay. No, the humans are going to come in and trash the place. Yeah, They're not going to come knocking. I know. Um. So... And you're knowingly putting other people at risk as well. You know yeah. that by going somewhere else, they're going to find you eventually. Yeah. And then they're going to destroy those people as it's well. It's almost so, yeah. as if James Cameron came up with a technology and thought, how can we get people out to, to the, water the water to find it? We need it. to get to the water. But it's clearly setting it up for the, the, the next few films as well, because this in no way takes as very... I mean, in no way does it really take as very much forward other than char- a character dies. Yes. And some of the others... We know a little bit more about them in terms of Kiri's potential epilepsy, which I don't think is epilepsy, and um, Spider's interaction with the um, Quaritch avatar. So there's a couple of those things, but other than that, nothing's really changed. Did not know which son had died. Oh, did you not? Nope. I could have right. been the younger one, could have been okay. the older one. Yeah. Only realised which one it was when the when the one. Mm-hmm. When the one that was surviving went and talked to the mm-hmm. whale, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, so it must have been the older one." Yeah, um, yeah. And it's very tropey, and it's the older brother who was the one that was the, the sensible warrior, one. And the sensible, and was always protected. The younger brother is um, the dad doesn't see him as effective, and is always getting into trouble, that sort of thing. Can I say something I had a problem with? <laughs> Come on, I mean, you've done. You've, we've been talking about all the problems for about fifteen minutes. So. In the first film, anyone that was a traditional thoroughbred Navi mm. was either a black actor or a native, someone with Native American um, heritage. heritage. Mm. And when they go along to the um, the coastal, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the coastal mm. uh, Navi, mm-hmm. obviously the the head is played by uh, Cliff Curtis, who yes. is a Maori. I really enjoyed his character actually mm. as the um, equivalent travel leader should I find it problematic that Kate, Kate Winslet, Winslet mm, I wasn't sold on that I don't understand why Kate Winslet is in this no other than the fact that she said I wouldn't yeah. work with him again yeah there's something a bit there's been mm-hmm. niche but Vincent mm-hmm. Mann about that okay. like someone's said something bad about him so we'll put her in and just just approve that that yeah I, I I really like the representation of having people from having people at those parts who were from like uh, like I said, um, Zoe Saldana is mm. um, is black and also raised in Dominica. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, West Two D is yeah. um, comes from um, CCH Pounder. Yeah, CCH so, Pounder. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree, and I I think she was miscast. I the whole time I'm thinking. That's Kate Winslet putting on an accent. See, I didn't, I didn't even connect that until the end of it. So something on that worked for me, mm. but it's on a on a representation point of view, I find that troubling. The only time I found I even thought anything about that character was when she, um, Norm, um, mm. the hot in the naughty and um, Inception scientist <laughs> yeah, comes yeah. in. And she goes, "Oh, well, what we needed here then?" It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Please, could you help me, please? Mm. Still, mm. but which yeah. is, I liked her as a female character that isn't necessarily likable. I think she's she's a bit twisty and a bit mm. tense, and you can see there's a real tension be her between her and Natiri, and she doesn't want to let them in, and she's sharp, and I quite like that about it. 
The only issue I have with... <laughs> and Cameron's depiction of women is, is really interesting because in one sense, I really, really like the fact that he, um, in nearly all of his films, has warrior mums. So it's not the sort of mum that sit at home and, you know, get your knitting out and that really tropey depiction of a mother that you have, like, your Linda Hamilton, you have your Sigourney Weaver, you, you know, you the mums with... <laughs> mums with guns, but, you know, mums who can handle themselves, who are protecting their children and have more to them than just being your stereotypical mum. I really like that. I think these are strong women. In this particular film, every woman needs to be a mum, seems to be one of the, you know, or a motherly figure in that very traditional sense. So the um, Kate Winslet's character is pregnant and it's very much about, oh, she's, you know, the whales had a calf and she's going to have a calf. Um, Natiri is mum to all, all these children. Um, that then even the teenage girl character is very motherly and very oh I will teach you the way of the water, whereas the boys are are not. Um, the I think we've gone backwards a little bit with this film with its depiction of women in you know with the women characters. Even with Natiri, I, she was just really sidelined quite a lot. Every now and then she comes out with a big bow. Are we in the last 20 minutes of this podcast? Oh, because uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that, um, yeah. we can't, can't even have anything for her to do until the last 20 minutes yeah. of this. And that there's, again, there's that really interesting tension between her and Spider. You see Spider looking at her with like different eyes. She killed his dad. She's She cuts him at the end. She's this is he's I don't care about him. But then five minutes later, they're all on the rock mourning the loss of the sun. And he's just sort of stood there looking sad next to her. And there isn't any sort of reconciliation. I'm really hoping this is going to drive forward more and more. And this is just setting it up for the next few films. Because I'd really like to see more of a, of a conflict between those two characters. Because I think there is one there. It just needed bringing, bringing out. But yeah, I just... And I w- wish we had more characters who were women who weren't set up in you know who didn't have children who were you know not just mums i found that difficult to swallow in this in particular yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I, I mean like i think um zay saldana was absolutely forgotten during this Mm. film i really hope that that's not representative of the next film I've heard Kate Winslet has said that she only did a month's worth of shooting on this and this is very much the beginning of her journey as the, as a character and over the next few films you'll see that it really broadened out. So I'm hoping that is the same for others. I'd say that too if I was pissed off with my <laughs> thing. Like George Lucas said that... Um, episode three would be like the uh, big thing that brings it all together and it wasn't okay. so you know i'll believe that when okay. i see it okay i feel like in our spoiler free section we've just taken the film apart i still feel very but incredibly warmly towards this film i can see past all of the issues it doesn't diminish it for me 
it makes it quite funny at times because then I can have a chat with you about it and I can pretend to be a whale. Hello, Mark, I'm a whale. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do for the first 24 hours because I'd seen the film and you hadn't. And I just that wanted to come back and pretend to be a whale. Just having a chat with you. Oh, where have you been? This Chilling week? insight yeah. into, our, into our married life. But like, I can really, really... Get, I think because I, I've got such good will with it, I can just put that into what it is and not get angry about it and not get annoyed about it and kind of go yeah I can see all the problems with it and I still think for me it's a four star rather than a one star so even though we've picked this apart I, I quite enjoy the picking of it apart if you know what I mean like there's some things that I think are quite enjoyable where you can go oh that didn't and that didn't mm. work for me it's kind of a shrug my shoulders and go yeah those things are a bit crackers and I wish they were a bit better, but I still really enjoyed it. I'm a very high two, very low three. Fair enough. I'm on the borderline between that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I I was looking at the clock all the way through. I was like, bum started to hurt because mm-hmm. it was just I was I was like not it's that for a while. yeah like but even early it, on yeah. like it was like yeah I was aware that I was in the cinema mm-hmm. which is never a good thing especially when it's a film that's meant to be this immersive and it yeah. is immersive but there were so many things that just I think once they said oh yep well I think we need to go to this water now mm-hmm. um, yes. and that was it I was kind of like right so that's been a business decision mm-hmm. to um, do all this tech and yeah. Will you watch the third one? Because the th- he's, al- he's already filmed it, hasn't he? Because he filmed yeah. the two of them back to back, which is why Kate Winslet's talking about the the character journey. You you will go and see it. I mean, of course mm-hmm. I will. I mean, I'll go see. I'll... Would you go and see it again in the Dolby? Yes. Um, yeah. If I am watching a three D film, I will go watch it in the Dolby okay. because I think it makes so much of a difference mm-hmm. the experience. I'd recommend you go see it. Like yeah. if 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 you ever want to go see this again, yeah, nip I'm down like, to the Metro Centre. Yeah, I will. And, uh, I will. I don't think I, I don't feel like I need to go back straight away, mm. but I will at some point go and see it again. Okay. And yeah. I'm hoping some of the things that I've picked up on, maybe they fade away. Maybe the spider character isn't quite as annoying the second time round. I, I didn't find him that annoying. I found him. I, did. I found him like you know. Oh 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 oh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I didn't find him as annoying. I found him badly written. Um. And, or badly directed, but I didn't find any like I didn't find him offensive. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the character I really loved, and people have really picked up on this in other podcasts that have been like a, a, a character that they're like the worst character in it. But it's Jermaine Clements as the alcoholic, totally depressed um, marine biologist. I loved him. I loved the cynicism. I loved the this is why I drink. I really like the tortured man, the scientist who's forced on this mission that he's going to learn about the science, but only being with complete bastards who are killing the things that he probably loves. I really like that. that was, there's a whole story in there. Um, and I understand that he's from New Zealand. Like, I don't know him at all. You but do. I, under- I don't, darling. I don't. I know it. Because like, I came home and I said to you, didn't I? Do I know this Jermaine... Is it Jermaine? Who's Jermaine Clement? Is yeah, what you said. Yeah, what I said. Yeah, yes. because no, you said I don't know Jermaine Clement. I don't know him, and I I just don't because I thought he was American. I didn't know who he was for a start. Thought he was American, and then heard on another podcast people going, "Why didn't he get to use his natural accent?" Now, yes, we as we as we know from the facts that I gave you this afternoon, Mark James Cameron now lives in New Zealand, 
and I think he's got an organic farm there. So I can understand why there were um, Kiwi actors and Australian actors in there. I mean, I didn't have a problem with his accent at all, but I'm not, um, I'm not American, so maybe I haven't got the, the ear for it. Why do I know this man? You keep telling me I know him and I don't. So he was a member of Flight of the Concords. Never seen it. Do you know anything about it? No. Do you know what it like? Do you don't know what it is at all? Uh, it's com- It's a comedy troupe or something, isn't it? No. So yeah. they are. They are a band. <laughs> right. Um, they are two people. It's Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie. Right. Um, they do like comedy songs. Right. So. Oh, like you will know it because I quite well, often you'll be sing something, won't you? Um, the most beautiful girl in the room. Um, it's business time. Is probably their most best known song. Well, no. if you want, you can close out with it with their <laughs> business time. Yeah. Um, they yeah, the run hip hop apotamus versus the um. Oh, what was it? The hip hop apotamus versus the anyway. Yeah. Right. So comedy songs. Comedy songs. They had a TV show on HBO, mm-hmm. um, which was really, really charming and lovely, and yeah, the really, really clever, witty songs and um, songs that are funny in a way that. So the problem with comedy songs is you can quite often have to repeat the same joke four times in two minutes, whereas with this it's just a little bit buildy and it okay. doesn't seem like that. I think you would really find them quite... You'd find them really good. Okay. Uh, you, you would really enjoy their work. Right. Um, he's since gone into other things. He was in What They Do in the Shadows, What We Do in the Shadows. And I understood that, yeah, but I've not seen that. Okay, but it's worth, it's yeah, worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds, it it was sounds in, great. Um, a film, Eagle vs. Shark, which is also by um, your man... Who is dating Rita Ora? Oh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Oh, now. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. There you go. There's another fact for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you like yeah. to know more about James Cameron's wives? No, no. <laughs> Five but... wives. Five wives. <laughs> One more, and he's like, like I he's know, like your he's favorite like, person. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he's a he's a brilliant actor. He's in so many things. You will. He's one of the people who now you've recognised him. You'll probably spot him in everything. Right. I will, okay. A lot of voice roles as I well. Liked him. I liked him in this. I mm. I was intrigued. Anyway, should we can we can we wrap up? Yes. This is probably going to be one of our longest episodes. Yes. Yeah. Most of it Avatar. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at the Honeymoon Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to leave us a review or a star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do so and it'd be really appreciated to help other people find us. You did that really well. Uh, not always. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you really do. It's like, we've got so much better after, what was it, 122 episodes? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, whatever holidays you are celebrating, mm. please enjoy them. We um, will. We will. We'll be we eating will. and drinking and making merry. This is our last episode before... Christmas yeah, for us, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're not going to fit anything yeah, else yeah, in our yeah. way. Um, but we will come back in the new year with our films and TV of the year. Mm, looking forward to that. I'm Controversial sh- corner, I think. I'm not sure I've got ten TV shows oh. that I can put on a list. But well, why yeah. don't you watch Strike? And you'll, <laughs> you'll Because I'm not going to get through an entire... I need to get four I mean, seasons I did, through I did before. it in 48 hours. <laughs> but I need to watch the whole oh, series yeah, before you it. Do. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. See you later.